Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. There ain't no party like a West Mill party because a West Mill party is filled with Catholic monks and probably guilt. Uh, West Lettering 2. It uh, <laughs> doesn't really fit the meter, though. Anyway, we are continuing with our discussion of Trappist beers and their history, so get cozy in your robes and join us as we have a drink. where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. It's been abnormally long. <laughs> That's, I mean, I don't even know anymore. for us, but through the magic of <laughs> make-believe and podcast recording schedules, yes. not that long. <laughs> Editing magic. Everyone else, it was just the normal amount of time, but we did a pre-record, so it's actually been like Almost a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a bit there. I'm like, it's been like three weeks. Uh, what, What's happening? What do we even talk about when we see each other? <laughs> uh, there's plenty. <laughs> Need like a should have made a list. Not TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Brittany, I have to watch. Uh, I have to watch people play D and D for ninety some hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I have a problem, apparently. <laughs> I mean, you do, but that's a separate issue. So we uh, we got we finally got caught up on Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm pretty excited. So there's just the, and there's uh, only the one episode that left now. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it after I uh, finish after, uh, after, Wandavision. You never I, watch Wandavision. Got it. Yes. I'm gonna watch <laughs> Wandavision. One day. I'm just giving you crap. Mm. I know. Uh. One day. No, one it, day before the next MCU movie comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and he has to Ideally, it'll that's be like when you want yeah. It'll be you have twenty four hours before this launches and you have to get caught up and he's gonna go, Well, I've gotta watch it now. You <laughs> <laughs> got twenty four hours to watch it. All right. All right. <laughs> Been training my whole life for this. <laughs> Stretch it out. That is what that's exactly All right. what's and happen. sit. <laughs> uh Oh yeah. So, uh, so what have you yeah, guys been up uh, to? Before we, I said I was I was gonna say real quick before we say that. Uh, thanks again to uh, Ritual Misery for doing our pre-show. Yes, yes, yes. Always, uh, when they do a pre-show, it's a great time. Yeah, you guys got to check. Just follow them for their weekly show, which is fantastic. It's a it's mm-hmm. quite a NSFW romp. <laughs> I mean, depends on where you work. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it depends on your work. Yeah, well, indeed. 
if you work at Ritual Misery, it is very much SFW. <laughs> yeah. True, true. But anyway, yeah. So uh what what have you guys been been uh I was gonna say like putting around with, but that sounds weird. <laughs> not a whole I am not a seventy year old man <laughs> yet. Experience yeah, like department. It, you know, but not a whole lot. But, but I am and I wanna know what, what <laughs> He's interested in what the rest of the neighborhood's been into. With all glass. And really concerned about kids being on my lawn. No, I, I'm uh, concerned about the kids across the alley riding their moped in our parking lot. <laughs> Bugs the hell out That's of because me. Because he is Gladys Kravitz. Like, that is just full on, like. <laughs> I'm no, I am the nosy neighbor. He is always the one looking out the window, like, what are they doing? And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> Because they're out there riding, they're they have like a seven year old riding a moped in our parking lot, and they constantly hit our cars with like soccer balls and things out there. Oh, I can't I can't think of the name of Mr. Kravitz, and I was trying to remember party. that. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like trying to think. It's like what was Mr. Kravitz's name? Because like she always says it when she's like trying to get his yeah. attention. Abner? I think so. Abner, Abner. Yeah. Is that? <laughs> So that sounds like one of those names of that era, you know? It does. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, we've not had a whole lot going on. It's just like work and the whole like picking him up from daycare and everything. It's just. Our son is potty, potty training at daycare, which is super fun. Uh, he took a dump on the floor. Yeah, he pooped on the floor. Because <laughs> he's not part of their system. <laughs> because they were. Um... That's, not a, that's not his dad. <laughs> That's a kid's potty. They thought he had successfully uh, pooped in the potty. And I guess whoever was with him <laughs> turned around to do something else. And she turned back around and said he was next to the potty, butt up in the air, pooping in the floor. <laughs> Head down, butt up. That's the way he likes to poop. Yep. So uh, so that's been fun, you know, uh, just off and on potty training and him being really obsessive oh, yeah. about washing his hands and playing in the water. It's been great. Well, all I'm thinking of now is like, turn the page, wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands. Turn the page, well, wash So your the hands. problem is we got him a little step stool here so he can reach the sink. And now he he will go, like if we're he's not in the room with us, we'll hear it suddenly scooting across the floor as he goes to play in the water in the sink. Yeah, but problem is, he only reaches for the hot water faucet, no matter how much I've tried to show him. Like, you want, <laughs> he he's, burned his finger already. He, yeah, he's burned himself because once. That, our water gets like stupid hot. But also, he we know when he's in there too because... He'll move it. Obviously, like our kid looks like he's six and he's two, so he's really tall. And he moves the step thing over there, and he can turn the light on. He'll say it. He'll go light when he's light flicking. Oh. And then he goes to turn the water on, and then we hear oh, and we're like, yeah, it's the hot water, son. Uh, <laughs> you, you'll hear so, him. The other he's like hot, hot. <laughs> like yes, yes, it is. Maybe don't do that. <sighs> but uh, yeah, so adventures in potty training is where we're at. <laughs> that's basically right. what we've been up to. Uh, I did get to go see uh, my friend's uh, sake. Mm, yes, we saw the brewery picture. distillery. I still have not actually nailed down what it's supposed to be called. Brewery. They have told me, but in the same way that I just forget everything that I'm told, it just goes in. Uh huh. Uh huh. We did a sake episode. Wait. I don't remember. I know. It, I know. Did you post that picture it, in like, Discord or in our group chat? Yeah, in Discord. Okay, okay. Yeah. So join uh, our Discord, folks, if you want to see some of that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there was a uh, uh, they make like they a, a coffee something. It's not, it's not labeled as sake. It's got a different name, mm. 
I don't want to run off stream quickly to go grab the bottle to find out well, what it is. don't worry, because uh, we're going to be attempting to do an episode down there where we'll get to talk mm-hmm. with uh, their owner and head brewer slash distiller, and he can clear up. One of their owners and head, yeah. So uh Yeah, he'll 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 learn us. He'll learn us a thing or two. Is it the coffee and the gory? Yes. Mm. All right. So it's still sake, it's just uh cloudy sake. It's the yeah. New England IPA. Yeah, it's sake. You've gotta we were asking like, oh, do you need to roll the bear, roll the bottle? You do on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh it's but it's it's real good. It if it the the uh one of the owners was there selling it and he's just like uh, you like coffee? I like it in beer. You'll like this. Mm. There you go. Gave me a little sample because I didn't know what to buy, and I just went, "Yeah, okay, I'll take that one, and I'll take your regular sake." Let's. Uh, yep. Here's here's the money you want. Let's I, let's get into this. I've still uh, not had sake. Yes, you have. We've done a sake episode. No, I wasn't able to drink it at the time. Remember? We did that after Emmett was around, didn't we? I don't remember. Who knows? I feel like I haven't had it. I feel like you did. Maybe it's just been that long. Hmm. <laughs> what have you been uh, up to? How about you, Casey? Yeah. Um, good. Uh, we finally got started back up brewing after uh, a long hiatus of moving equipment and getting relicensed at a new location, and so we finally went into that. I did a twelve-hour brew day. <laughs> And uh, decided that it was a great idea to do that and then come do the show after. Um, (laughs) So uh, we brewed today a blonde, our New England IPA, and that's the new batch has brew one um, hops that have like a a pineapple flavor to them. So it'll be a really good batch. Um, And then two batches of uh, cider today in that same time. So. Uh, is the uh, New England filling them tanks? Is the New England going to be golly snotcher, or is it just something else? Yeah. Okay, golly. Yeah, it's golly. Um, our New Englands are pretty much always golly. Uh, if they're a juicy hazy, um, it's going to be golly, uh, and that is just every batch has a different blend of hops in it, so we'll always change the hops up. Literally, I go to the fridge that afternoon and look in to see what's in the the hop fridge, and I'm like, "All right, there's some citra in here, Amarillo. That looks good. Here's this new hop I've never used before. We'll throw that in. I mean, and just make a whatever make works. a blend. It's like to imagine you pull, open it up, and it's just like a. It's like, I have to imagine it's like how Casey wakes up in the morning, like he's just there in a robe, like scratching his <laughs> yeah. belly, just kind of going to the opens up the refrigerator. Like, hmm, what are we brewing today? Does yep. does the the belly drum from the uh yeah the, the taco 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 yeah. thing the... <laughs> yes mm. uh that's so true um i also subscribe to a a hop of the month club <laughs> it's uh every three months you get four pounds of hops a half pound of each uh eight different varieties um all of them like new kind of coming out hops that, that are new for that that time period and so show of hands from um, patrons uh because i proposed the idea that casey do an unboxing video whenever these come yeah. in and we post it on the patreon for the patrons to see his excited christmas morning opening of the uh the monthly hops yes just for sure. picture in a bunch of you know a bunch of hops like you know you say i'm coming out <laughs> dun, 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 the world to know yep 
uh, I, you know, a half pound of hops isn't enough to do what what we do with the the cool hops. But because um, today I put just in the whirlpool alone in a three and a half barrel batch, we were putting in um, seven and a half pounds of hops. So uh, it it you know gets pretty expensive really quick to try to throw in um, juicy hazy hops into an IPA, but. Uh, that's really where it matters. And so what I'm thinking we're, we're going to be able to do with this is take like uh, a Randall and put the hops into the Randall. And then from the tap, as you are serving the beer, it'll go out of the keg into these hops and then into the tap handle immediately. Ooh. And you're going to get a an instant burst of hop flavor. Oh, nice. From just that one go. It's a... Uh... <laughs> I was like, like you're just looking at a uh, uh, Sierra Nevada going, yeah, see your torpedo. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. And what I it raise is. you, Randall. <laughs> well, I think Sierra Nevada. It, no, it wasn't Sierra Nevada. It was Dogfish Head that invented the Randall. Oh yeah. And so, um, Randall, the hop infusing mammal or something. I don't know what they they <laughs> yeah. basically animal. Uh, but they were the ones that came up with the idea of basically at the tap giving you hops that are about as fresh as you can get. I, I have to imagine uh, Jim Cook now has that in his... Uh, the original uh, Randall. He's like, no, I get that in the deal. You put it I in my house. I want to try to find one. Because, no, um, I mean, they're... Randall cool. the enamel animal, says Del Noche. There it is. Uh, they probably have that, actually, at the Dogfish Head Inn. That's, isn't that where they have, like, the yeah. museum I with all the... I still want to go there so bad. I want to go there and, like, the actual, like, you know, brewery. Because that's like where Literally they have the reason to go to Delaware. They have the like old, what is it like the fire hazard uh, football tables where he used to do the hop infusion for the sixty and ninety oh, minutes. Yep. Like that's the yep. original table that he had retrofitted to do that. And like all the weird. There's a half second when he said when he said Randall. I was like that's not the name of the <laughs> the the table that you know shook. No. <laughs> no. Oh, I gotta see what you're saying. No. Yeah. So Casey, we'll uh, I gotta know how close did you get? Did you all get to running out of beer? Oh, we're we've still got two weeks before this stuff's coming in. So oh. right now, I'm probably at I'm probably right at three and a half weeks of beer total. <laughs> um, but that's not saying that you keep the variety that whole time. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally saying I've got like. <laughs> 30 kegs of three different beers and then like four kegs of another one and one or two kegs of a few others. So, um, we're, we've got three guest taps on right now. Uh, and that's, hopefully we can get, that's Casey saying weeks. it's about to turn to the Donner party <laughs> down there. Well, I told as, as the ABC guy come came in, I was like, listen, if you don't give us this license today, we're going to have to tech, take this equipment right back down the street and start brewing down there because I can't wait any longer. <laughs> what? How, help me help you. What do you need? <laughs> exactly. And we, I mean, the ABC guy locally, he got the job because he knew somebody. So it's very much a wow. somebody's cousin. <laughs> so it was very much a, like, uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Um, you know, no bribery, nothing like that, but just help a brother out. <laughs> Uh, well, I feel like once upon a time we had a segment that would go here about like beer news. Yes. Am I recalling that right? That feels like that was like a hundred 
It was a hundred newses ago. It was. It was a hundred episodes ago because this week was our one hundredth news episode. And the news episode is thanks to our patrons. And like the topics unfortunately were like the most depressing of the news episodes we've had. Well, I was just gonna say, like, Casey could commiserate with New Holland in running out of beer. Yeah, yeah because uh, if you want to go check out our 100th news episode, uh, we have such gem stories in there as, hey, guess uh, somehow we all missed the fact that New Holland caught fire back in February, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they had to announce there are going to be shortages of a lot of their beers, and some of them are going to flat run out. And you'll probably huh. go a couple months without seeing them. But the only we, thing, we, the only thing that really saved them is uh, the it was they had an electrical fire that caught one uh, caught a wall in the brew house on fire, but all the beer in the tanks was salvageable. But while they were getting repairs done, they couldn't actively brew, so they yeah. drained the tanks and got that packaged and out the door, and they've not been brewing for like a month and a half. So you can imagine, like, all the the fresh beers and the in-demand beers are going to go missing from shelves if they're not already. But luckily, this did not impact Dragon's Milk uh, because they... It's it's safe in a barrel. It's safe in a barrel. And they found uh, time in their schedule to announce the next Dragon's Milk variant. It will be double barrel vanilla. Which just kind of sounds whatever, I guess. Huh. Maybe it just sounds like that to me because yeah. I'm just like kind of meh on vanilla. Because it's not absolutely like banana pants insane. Yeah. It's not like the last one where it's like, oh, it's a peanut butter cup stout. And it's like, sure. That's oh. what they're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we also got to find out that uh, some Canadian man is really trying to get Scotland to sue him over scotch. That, over not scotch. Oh, my God. You got to go listen to the that news episode was, and look that yeah. up because as soon as you see the packaging in the bottle, it's... It's just blatant what he was going for. Yeah, I mean, the, so the the one uplifting thing we we well not more neutral thing I guess is we had also talked about Brewers Association put out the top fifty of uh, the breweries and stuff. So we did talk about that and, um, and Cincinnati some, had to represent <laughs> some Ryan significant Geist. changes though in 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 numbering They're... because of the pandemic and everything. So um, and because of some people not being craft anymore. <laughs> so yep. it was uh, it was very interesting, but. But yeah, go tune into go tune into that and kind of see see what we had to talk about. Um, oh. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so let's uh, maybe move into the main topic tonight. As always, give it time. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I said, there's a there's a lot to go with here. Mm-hmm. So if if you need a little little primer, we are kind of starting. I don't know if I want to say midstream, but uh, you know, there's there's some background for this back in episode 184. So about four episodes back behind this one, uh, and that's a uh, you know the Trappist belief system, their his you know basic history and. Uh, Rochefort? Yes. Uh, and that so I, that episode That's that the question is just did I say it right? Oh. Uh, good question. Fantastic I, I was, I question. Was Listen to that episode and find out. Yes. Go go tune in that episode because we did drunkenly discuss it there. Um and that was when we kind of just like all rekindled our love 
for Belgian beers. And I, I, let me go ahead and say that love is now continuing on. And when I was doing some shopping for this episode and the next episode, because we're still we're, we're down this old world path this whole year for some great topics, yeah. because we're doing uh, Flanders Reds and like Oud Bruins next. So we're keeping to these, these traditional <laughs> styles. But uh, th- when I'm checking out with all this stuff, like, the woman looked up. She's like, "Oh, going down a an old Belgian path here, aren't you?" She's like, "That that's gonna be a fun afternoon." <laughs> it's like going down an old Belgian path. Just call, just call me Germany in World War One. <laughs> oh. I was gonna make it like Bad Beatles Abbey Road reference, but yours, man, Ooh. Abbey Road. Uh, <laughs> just see Delnoche in chat. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, today we'll be talking about the two breweries uh, that began in the Trappist tradition. Uh, next to anyway. Uh, okay, I'm going to be corrected. I'm I'm looking at his name right now in chat, just waiting for the next response. Uh, Westmall and West Vleteren. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I want to, I want to say them with a V though, because yeah. it's because Germany. Uh, so Vestmal and Vestvet, nope, not Vestfletteren. Yeah, see, see that makes it more. They knew it was going to happen. Uh, well, while they reside a little more than two hours drive apart, they are. Uh, they are quite connected in their operation and trade. The two breweries, uh, maybe more. Uh, uh, maybe more like two locations of the same brewery rather than competing brewers. Uh, well, uh, Vestmal, uh, brewery uh, manager Philip Van Asche? Aske? I'm, I'm doing my best not to say Asche. <laughs> just say it. We're just going to re- like remind everyone we butcher am... all languages. Universally, yeah. If, I if am, we are sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> if you don't tune in to hear us butcher, uh, I, you know, what are you doing? Other dialects That's and languages. That's a drinking game in and of itself, you guys. What are you doing? Tune into the next wine episode to. Uh... <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah. Get anyway, uh, Philip uh, Philippe says uh, brewing takes a special training and expertise that it didn't. Uh, it didn't in the past. That's why no monks remain uh, as involved brewers at uh, Vestmal's Brewing. Uh, now they sit on the board of administra- uh, administrators and hold all the shares of a separate bre- uh, of the separate brewery company and control the investment and charitable decisions. That's just uh, – we talked about how depressing that fact is. Well, I mean you, you like to imagine them doing it, but like they got they got stuff to do that's not – Yeah. You know. They can't just be sitting there brewing the whole time. I mean uh, – yeah, I mean they can. They <laughs> can, but – uh, the trend among Trappist breweries has been to consider all their donations uh, as a lump sum together, then give that money to the general abbot in Rome, who will then give everything and divide it based on priorities worldwide. While the uh, while the Westmall uh, brewery does serve to support the activities of the local abbey, they uh, the amount they make from worldwide distribution goes well beyond their local needs. Uh, according to the uh, those other abbeys, uh, Van Asch. Um, think of it like 
Asher, but Asher? Um, no uh, or at the end. Von Asha. Von Asha. Von Asha. Mm. Von Asha? Okay. Yeah. Uh, understands that uh, Vestimal could, uh, all that Vestimal could, uh, con- contributes, uh, as well as sending significant amounts of its earnings to Rome. Uh, they lend financial aid to several other struggling monasteries, providing important brewing support to Vest, uh, Vestvleteren and Akko. Uh, the board sets uh, three basic rules for the rules for the brewery. The production is capped at 102,000 barrels. That's kind of specific. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there will be no change in the recipe. The only changes we know are when some varieties of ingredients cease to exist. Uh, and advertising must be low profile. Uh, Vest Mall has a solid presence in cafes and other beer establishments, including simple coaster and elegant leather menu binders. So uh, I think that's really interesting to say, like, they have to help uh, Vest Fletteren out, like, financially. And you have to stop and go, but if they just made that more available, because that's like getting a hold of that, uh, the 12 from them is just, that's like, you've got gold. Well, so... I don't think West Vletteren has to necessarily be helped financially, but they they help support with the brewing aspect oh, of it, okay. like the knowledge of brewing gotcha. and, and the we'll get into that a little bit further, I think, yeah. later on, but it's more of like I, I think West Vletteren's doing well with the money side, just like West Mall is. Um, but they, they definitely have the expertise there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There may also be that they are, uh, you know, sharing brew space too. So no, um, no? they are, okay. they are two separate. They're a couple hours apart, two and a half hours apart, but the, we'll read a little bit more into it, but basically as one brewery is having problems, they go to the other brewery and say, Hey, we're having this issue. Can you help us out? Okay. Uh, well, the monks who founded Vest Mall fled France first intending to escape to America. Think of what could have been. Uh, they occupied the monastery in the flatlands nor- uh, north and east of Antwerp beginning in 1802. I wonder what was going on around that period that mm. made them flee France. Mm. Uh, and started brewing in 1836. The monks initially produced a refractory uh, beer for themselves and guests. Refractory beer sounds like something else. <laughs> like it's a beer you have with a cigarette. Um <laughs> Anyway, they brewed stronger beer for the first time in 1856, and sales uh, at the gate began uh, began in 1860. Uh, shortly after, a monk who had previously uh, who had previous brewing experience joined the abbey. <laughs> he just walked in. No, guys, no. Let's come on. Let's step up our game. Uh, in 1856, the brewery uh, 65. Uh, the brewery expanded in order to help finance the Trappist ab- Abbey and the Congo. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of Belgium and the Congo, and I got very... yeah, doesn't Belgium and the Congo, it's the only place uh, where they they uh, they put on their war face. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it takes uh, just a minute to walk from Westfall's quite modern uh, uh, modern uh, plant through the tall passage that opens to the 19th century monastery. Uh, Germans ransacked the brewery during World War One. Yep. And the monks began to active, uh, actively selling beer uh, after rebuilding in 1920. Uh, 
Yeah, I kind of wonder what might have happened. Mm. Perhaps a shell landed somewhere. Oh, um, so it's funny you mentioned that. Um, we're I took this part out, but the guy who supposedly invented the triple style got blown up by a shell <laughs> um, when it landed what? in oh his goodness. brewery. That sounds about right. <laughs> I don't think you understand the sheer tonnage of of uh, uh, bombardment. Uh, bombardment shells that were going on. If you were in Russia, you ran out. <laughs> Still. Uh, anyway, construction of the new brewery started in 1933, and it came online in 1934. Westmont consu- uh, consumed 400 tons of malt that year. Jesus. Today, it uses... Thir- uh, Oh, sorry, today it uses 3,500 tons. Well, all right, didn't Let they me... graduate? Mm-hmm. Someone so, put their big big boy pants on and went, I'm going to go brew. So we just, just as a, and these are probably metric tons, so the full, like, actual thousand kilos um, rather than a little bit 2,200 pounds or something. Uh, but as a kind of, I did my malt order for this next three four month period basically and i've got two tons of malt for four months of production <laughs> wait 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 literal tons yeah, literally like i had a ton of malt a ton two thousand pounds wow. delivered today and we unloaded it from the back of the truck by hand oh god <laughs> just picturing yeah, like you're guy... like load, unloading this stuff going like god this stuff weighs a ton the guy's like yeah 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 i hear that all the time get it out of my truck <laughs> He, so this, uh, the guy's name, um, he he owns the Kentucky maltster that we use. So it's literally the guy that malted it, that gr- his family grew it. We bought the malt. He delivered it on the back of his truck to us. Like, uh, really, it's one of those those very local products. And so, um, yeah, um, RT is his name, and he was we were <laughs> RT, and his company is Teasel. Uh, <laughs> RT Zinal. Uh, that's really good. I'm gonna have to tease tease him about that next time. I was just saying that, um, that needs to happen. <laughs> uh, so at South Fork Mald House in uh, in Cynthia, no, not Cynthiana. They're near Paris, near uh, Country Boys Big Brewery up that way. And oh, um, okay. So uh, I've been to it to pick the malt up. He hand delivered it for cheaper than what one of these big companies would put it on a truck and send it to us. Like, it was definitely well worth it. And the malt's great. Mm. Uh, well, the... Back to... Uh, back to Vestmal. Back to Belgium. Uh, the brewery comp... Back to Belgium. Uh, the brewery complex, uh, which encompasses a magnificent computerized bottling line installed in the midst of... the two, of uh, uh, 2002, uh, sits on the one end of the monastery... Uh, the a large portal opens from the brewery onto the view of the late 19th century buildings. That just makes me think of like, yeah, like some sort of sci-fi portal. Like there's like wavy portal. lines on the just. <laughs> yes, it teleports to Stargate. a 19th century. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a wormhole to a 19th century building. Uh, but it's easy for monks to go about their daily lives, oblivious to the brewery, uh, and for brewery visitors to come and go without seeing the monastery. 
Uh, separate long lanes lead from the road to the brewery to the monastery's interest, uh, sorry, entrances. Uh, stately elm trees line both lanes as well as the side of the abbey facing the nearby highway. Spent grain from the brewery first feeds 200 cattle on the abbey's surrounding farmland. The rest go to local farmers. The community has a, as 25 members, 20 of whom live within the walls. And this was in 2005, so there's been some numbers that have changed, I'm sure, since then. Yeah. Certain those numbers have shrunk in terms of how many monks are there. I say again, we On that we've one, run yes. the depressing stories about how this whole tradition is in danger and about there to go down the not toilet. Not a lot of monks left. Yeah, there's not many monks. The way they, um, the way they've got it set up, though, I think as long as there's like one monk yeah. there, yeah, they are good to go. Just because they don't do the brewing themselves. Yeah, they oversee it. Right. Which still it's still yeah. Trappist beer. Like that is part of Trappist. They have to oversee it, it at least. It's yeah, it's brewed on the on the grounds of the monastery. It's just they hire day laborers to come in and do the work. Yeah. Well, West Mall eventually launched its triple when the brew ha- uh, new brew house debuted in 1934, but it appears uh experiments with the recipe began in 1931. Brother Thomas refined a recipe in the 1950s when he added more hops, and it remained essentially unchanged since. Brother Thomas reworked the double at the same time and has also been brewed to the same specifications ever since. In 1980, the double made up 70% of the brewery's sales. Today, the triple accounts for 60% of the sales. The brewery produces the mon- uh, a monk's beer extra once or twice a year. Uh, brewed only with Pilsner malt and no sugar, extra, uh, extra reaches an apparent attenuation of 88% uh, with its dry finish accented by a solid hop punch. Packaged without a label and uh, 5.3% ABV, extra is reserved for the monks at West Mall and Ackle. Uh, but uh, some bottles show up at beer festivals or otherwise sneak out of the brewery. <laughs> That seems to be a problem yes. that uh, all the monasteries have had from, like, day one. <laughs> no one else can have this, and there's some monk in the background who's just sitting there going, yeah, yeah no, everyone can have this. Heard you. <laughs> <laughs> or when some enterprising uh, American comes on a bicycle tour of Belgium <laughs> and sneaks out of a uh, beer cafe with mm. some yeast that he found in the bottom of a bottle and founds a brewing empire just running out of running out of uh, belgium with just clattering with bottles going they'll never take me alive with stolen active yeast but no shade uh, no shade no <laughs> at the entry it sounded a whole lot like there was shade <laughs> possibly uh, at the entry to the brew house, bookshelves hold binders with years of brewing notes. Inside a mash tun sits on one level, two 85-barrel brewing kettles side-by-side side on the other. Uh, a large white cross looms over the coppers. The brewery produces three 170 BBL batches per day. Sometimes less on... Fr- Barrel. Yeah. Uh, sometimes less on Fridays. So that the uh, second shift brewers can go home early. Oh, West Mall takes nice. its water from a 230-foot deep well under the control of the local province. That has to be awesome water. Mm. <laughs> Going to go ahead and say that. Like if it's coming out of like the Abbey Well that's been there for God knows how long. Yeah. 
So the brewery treats the water. Unless those monks are doing something bad to the water. I doubt it. Uh, The brewery treats the water to reduce the iron, but otherwise the only adjustments are for pH in the kettle. Casey, uh, can you speak with experience on uh, how rare that is? Um, well, or do you all have to treat your water? Because I mean, we, we only carbon filter it and you don't have to do that with, with this situation. You're not, you're not going to be carbon filtering anything. Um, if they're reducing iron, I don't know if that's going to be a filter or a water softener or what, what does iron reducing? Um, but how many times do they have to carbon filter their, uh, their beer before they get vodka? (laughs) A lot. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that it is a common practice in the old world to have done very much filtering, but in the new world, you're almost stripping everything out and then building back the water the yeah. way you want it exactly. Um, do a reverse osmosis, so it's literally deionized water at that stage. Because our water sucks. <laughs> it, I, I love our water. Um, our beer, water think, brings bourbon. <laughs> it does. Well, Kentucky's a different um, story. Again, we've got that beautiful oh, lime, sorry, sorry. limestone uh, filter that yeah. uh, makes all of our water great. Mm. And so, even the water in Lexington is going to be the different from the water that's in our neck, you know, Eastern Kentucky yeah. area. Um, the water that we've got locally, for me, I absolutely love because I can do just about anything with it without a whole lot of treatment. Mm. Um, the only thing I add is a bit of calcium chloride to most of my, um, more malt forward beers to add a little bit more rounded flavor to it, a little bit softer flavor, but otherwise, um, carbon filter and, and a little calcium chloride, that's it. Um, and so the, even in the kettle, I don't have to do a whole lot of, uh, acid additions. Um, sorry, not in the kettle in the, um, in the mash tun. I don't have to do a whole lot of acid additions cause it, it pretty much takes care of itself. All right. Well, uh, well, summer barley from France is used to make the malts produced to West Mall specifications by three maltsters. Brewers employ a step infusion mash. The double includes a dark malt valued for its aroma, but Van Asha uh, said dark sugar provides most of the color. West Mall uses only hop flowers in the kettle. At ver- it's a whole cone hops, no pellets. Yeah. yeah. Go, taking that Sierra Nevada approach, no yep. pellets. Or Sierra Nevada taking that, <laughs> yeah, that old. <laughs> well, there's a torpedo, so I guess not the old. <laughs> but <laughs> man, it just makes you think that it's like, oh yeah, they're getting ready to open up the Asheville hmm. tap room again. Mm, nice. Opens up in May. All their tap rooms are opening nice. up in May. Mm, gotta get down there. Uh, at various times in the past, Brother Thomas reported including English Fuggles. Uh, Styrian Goldings, German Tetanang, Saws, and a variety of others, keeping his hop recipes a secret. <laughs> oh, so he was literally just just making them up, going like, "Oh yeah, we we use this." Did you? No. <laughs> He's throwing <laughs> some of the ones he you? uses out there. He's like, "Oh yes, we use these," and it's like, "Which ones and which beers and what uh, what amounts?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> Uh, a recent visitor to the brewery spotted bags of Tetanang, uh, Spalt Select, Saws, and uh, what? Unlabeled Russian hop. Hmm. All right. 
the brewery by sugar from I had to keep I was reading that was like wait unlabeled Russian hop are they radioactive I don't uh, the brewery buys sugar from several sources adding it in liquid form at the end of a 90 minute boil sugar accounts labeled Russian hop was just what they used to label things in uh, uh, East Berlin when they were just get rid of when they were just getting rid of bodies <laughs> Sugar accounts for nearly 20% of the fermentables in the triple. Westmall converted yeah. to closed fermentation 20 years ago. Uh, in quotes, we were concerned there's always... Uh, we were concerned there's always a concern, Van Asha said. Uh, they are very horizontal shaped, so a pressure column is very wide. Set behind tiled walls, the squarish 170-barrel fermenters afford easy access for top cropping. The very modern Westmall lab consistently checks uh, the viability of the yeast, finding it necessary to start a new batch only once or twice a year. Wait, wait. Only once? Well, okay. Sorry, that's just weird to think of. That active yeast. Yeah. So they'll since these are the the key here is top cropping. So as that beer is fermenting, um, it'll start bubbling up and everything. You'll get like a foam, and they'll take the foam of this off the top of the beer and use that foam to inoculate the next batch of beer. So they and so they circumcise their beer and move that yeast over. To, and it makes more. Yeah, pretty makes much. More. Unlike the triple and extra, a small amount of doubles refermented in the keg and available for draft dispense. Beer cafes take particular pride in being able to offer the draft double. Despite rumors that pop up on the internet message boards about West Mall Triple appearing as a draft product, inconsistent handling in the marketplace will keep the brewery from offering it on tap. Be- because the beers are only gently centrifuged, uh, a certain amount of protein remains, while the darker Westmall double hides chill haze and sediment from jostled kegs. The triple would lose much of its visual appeal. Yeah, as I'm currently going through the triple, I'm like, yeah, that's like, it's a there's a little like straw haze to it, but it's it's pretty clear. So you would, you know. Yeah. Uh... Look, that's what happens when you when you get your yeast via circumcision. <laughs> the brewery lagers the double in horizontal tanks for three weeks, the triple for four weeks, then blends batches for consistency. Workers centrifuge the beer before bottling with the primary yeast and dose of sugar. Westmall aims for... Th- wait, wait. Workers centrifuge it, so it's not like they have a machine. Like they just have a bunch of workers, like with buckets, just kind of like spinning, spinning around. <laughs> like you know, Mary Tyler Moore, they're gonna make it after all. Why do you think the monks don't do it themselves? Because <laughs> they old. <laughs> oh, uh, they're gonna drink it after all. Da, 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 da. Throw the West, throw the beer in the air. Westmall aims for three to four volumes of CO two in the bottle. The warm room, which is crazy high by the way <laughs> like it's most mo- of my beers are two and a half volumes <laughs> it's mostly co2 at that point it, it, no no it's four times co2 <laughs> oh 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 so that's what a volume is it's so if you've got one liter of beer you've got four liters of co2 in that beer <laughs> god 
The warm room at West Mall holds 125,000 cases of beer, which looks impressive until you realize it's less than one Anheuser-Busch plant produces in a single day. Well, you can't really compare that. Though, no. You know? Uh, there's you th- In every aspect, you can't compare the two. Look, one of them makes beer, and the other one makes rice water. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Touche. <laughs> All right, well... West Blutteren is how I'm going to say that, obviously, uh, because Vist. I, Vist. I'm not even going to try, you guys. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's. I know. I'm not correct. I'm Vist. sorry. Like me. Uh, the handwritten message. Look, I'm just trying to keep Kent from coming through the <laughs> coming through the computer to strangle us. He should know better by now. I mean, really, you know what you're here for. Um, <laughs> That's like Jim watching us talk about any kind of scotch. Yeah, he's just like, oh, God, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? It's, it's not pronounced Argberg. <laughs> I mean, you know, depending on how what mood you're in. Um, the handwritten message across the top of the portal into the lower lo- lagering cellar within the West Lutteran Brewery simply reads, Shh, er ripen the trappist. Meaning, quiet, here matures the trappist. <laughs> oh, I... I mean, that's pretty close to what I actually thought. I was like, here ripes, here ripens the Travis. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, really. Uh, uh, the words inscribed by former brewer brother Philip mimic a much larger sign across a warehouse at the Mortgott Brewery, which admonishes drivers who speed by on by a uh, speed by on the adjoining four lane road not to disturb Den Duvel. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> so Shh, we're drinking. <laughs> West Flutterin tries to be the least commercial of the Trappist breweries, with the monks openly determined to remain involved in brewing without having it overshadow their daily lives. The monastery has the largest community of monks, 28 uh, of the Trappists, <clears throat> and the youngest. The average age of 55 or 54, sorry, compares strikingly to the average of 76 within the religious community of surrounding West Flanders. Ouch. See, that's yeah, I was going to say, like, they're, they're, they're all 76. Yeah. That's why it's the average. One of them might be 74, and the other might be 77. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that comes back into, like, it's a disappearing, yeah. like, the monks. There, yeah. are, there aren't a lot coming into this anymore. They're it's, not it's, getting it's, young blood, really. Yeah. The no. uh, Catholic monastery, uh, you know, they, they've not been doing a lot of pushing in the monastery movement. They're like, oh, how can we get, how can we make a, a monastery life sexy for the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's make it sexy, <laughs> young but you're not going to be works. having any. Yeah. Not helpful. Do you like to stay alone in contemplative silence and think about, you know, your relationship with, with the Almighty? You just get to drink a bit. No, that's it, it. Doesn't seem to be selling like it used to. I don't know it's why. It's all the beer you can drink. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, the Abbey-owned cafes that so, or, is it cafe, or cafes, cafes. Sorry, I don't know why I'm okay. Uh, that sold its beer and after World War II, easily could have chosen to expand. Instead, the Abbot decided that too large a brewery would disturb the monastic spirit. As a result, West Lutteran sold all the cafes except the one across the road from the Abbey made a deal to have a St. Sixtus question mark, uh, beer brewed under license and capped yearly production at about 3,000 barrels. A sign that the... So, uh, the um, the 
idea here was that basically they were not going to brew the beer. They made a deal to have somebody else brew the beer under their name mm. and then said, but don't make any more than 3,000 barrels of it. Huh. Yeah. That's so strange. Um, yeah, so a sign at the Abbey tells what is for sale today, as does their website. Um, West Flutterin re- rescinded a contract brewing deal after modernizing its own brewery in 1989, putting the monks back in control of all beer carrying the St. Sixtus name. They sell that beer at the inn across the road and, uh, and at the brewery gates. The beers have no labels. The crowns carry all the required legal information. When customers buy beer at the Abbey, the receipt states that the beer cannot be resold. Cafe owners within Belgium have long been able to acquire limited quantities, usually reselling it for a price not too much more than the other Trappist beers. See, I like, I kind of like that idea of, of, of like you just go up to the monks or you know, their cafe that they own. You're like, I'd like one beer, please. And they just hand you an unmarked bottle yeah. and you just know it's beer. And you just go, all right. Hope for the best. Oh, yeah. thanks. And then you go about your day. Like, there's a certain simplicity about that that is kind of nice, but also, you know, <laughs> not going to sell a lot that way. Yeah. The... Well, maybe to me, but I'm weird. <laughs> You can go right now and you can book a um, you can book an appointment to come and pick up your beer. You've got to go on to the website though. Used to it was a phone number mm. <laughs> and you would have to call two, three hundred times to get through. They would have one person that might walk through the lobby while the phone was ringing at that one time, pick it up and put you on the list. Like literally it was that informal. If you're in the chat, and if your name was the link has just been posted. <laughs> yeah. If you if you were lucky enough to get through then you would know you came and picked it up on this day. Today, now that they've got the website up and going, you have to put in the license plate of the car you're going to be picking it up in. Wow. So if you're going to go be picking up, and, and so they can track this stuff. If they find yeah. out that that this license plate has picked up 20,000 cases <laughs> over the past 10 years, they may be a little bit like, oh, you're probably reselling it. Yeah. Um, so, or you but, have a problem, in which case this is an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they are they're booked up for appointments, like consistently. Del Noche uh, in the chat, he tried dozens of times to get through on that phone number when he lived in Germany and had zero success. Wow. Literally, somebody just has to be walking by at that time and yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I'll I don't know <laughs> if we're going to get into it, but somehow recently uh, cases and cases of the 12 have been popping up in the U.S. Mm. See, I'm I'm just thinking of the, uh, you know, the phone ringing in a quiet, contemplative abbey. <laughs> uh, and they just I'm... hear, ring, ding, ding, ding. And they're just like, could someone please get that? God damn it. <laughs> I'm imagining it's just maybe, a red light maybe... that flashes on the phone. Yeah, there's no sound. Maybe that's the reason no one ever picks it up is they have to be like picking up to make a call while you are trying to call at the same time. And they'll be like, oh, I was I was trying to call you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But now it's, it's, it's just like, hold on, I've got someone on the other line. But they don't have like they've just got like one old rotary phone like on the wall and they don't have a oh, they even have a rotary phone. They just got one of those old, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 19 like. 20s phones where it's just the uh uh the the speaker 
mouth and like the little yeah. Yeah, yeah. thing you pick up like operator operator put me through to brooklyn five four six yeah well uh the monks have no interest in selling their beer through distributors that American uh, that an American importer acquired their beer through third parties in the late 90s, added labels to the bottles, and sold it in the U.S. runs counter to their mon- monastic ethic. Uh, we, we do not advertise. We have no publicity," said Brother Joris, the monk in charge of the brewing. "We live on brewing, but we do it so we can continue with our real business, which is being monks." <laughs> Where possible, the monks have gone through legal authorities to choke off sales in the U.S. If we had a label, it would say, do not import to the U.S. <laughs> Straightforward. Um, the land lay bare when John Baptist Victor, or Jan Baptist Victor. Uh, Jean Baptiste Victor? That one. Jan. Yeah, oh, Jan. Jan. Makes more sense. Uh, left. Oh, Popperinge? Popperinge? Anyway, in 1814, to settle in the woods of St. Sixtus, live as a hermit. Yeah, I took this, I took this out, but Paparine is the region of, um, of Belgium that grows the most hops. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, so he took up the, monas- the monastic tradition, wiped out in 1790. Um, in the summer of 1831, just a year after Belgium asserted its independence from the Netherlands, a few monks from the nearby monastery of Montecots joined the hermit to start the new Trappist monastery. Uh, brewing began in 1839. I feel like the hermit was not pleased. Right. <laughs> he's, he's he just looks over and like, I came my here house. to get away from people. Like, I, we're, we're starting a monastery with you. I want no part of this. <laughs> they just build around him. He's like, I hate all of you. <laughs> uh, this is a cartoon strip here. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Brewing began in 1839. A copy of the license from King Leopold sits on display in the claustrum. Um, so uh, this is, if I were to get the chance to go, like uh, Del Noche in the chat has uh, in the past, You and they were talking about before how, like, um, at least in West Westmall, West Mall, my tongue is just tripping over me now, um, the, the separation of the Abbey from the brewery and I'm just like, no, you couldn't keep me out of the Abbey. <laughs> like, I, because they have all these historical things, like the documents mm-hmm. on display. And I'm like, I want to see that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to get a beer and, and I want to go see that stuff. I don't know if that, if that and, just makes and, me a history nerd, but I want to see these things. Look, Chris, I don't know if it makes you a history nerd, but I want to, too. <laughs> like, when you go to pick up your beer, you pull up to a loading dock. You open your trunk. You're limited to – I don't know if I put this in here or not. But you're limited to picking up a certain amount of beer. Uh, I think it's two cases. You pay for it. You leave. That's it. Like you don't do much more than just get out of your car to, to open the trunk. And that's about the most interaction they want with an individual, I think, on their, I want on their to, grounds. And like, I don't know how – restrictive they are i would love to see a copy of the license from king leopold it's on display like why yeah. if, why would you put it on display if you didn't mean for people to come and see it yeah for other monks they don't want people they don't i don't not, think monks are big people. on tourists yeah. it's actually a legal requirement 
they have to display it because that's what the TTB <laughs> says. <laughs> I mean, has to be next to the door along with the, yeah, the, the We will not serve less than 20. <laughs> Let me, I'm sorry to, <laughs> I'm sorry to put this out there. But uh, when we were getting our license for the Snoo place, the guy, the ABC guy came in and, and he said, um, uh, you'll, we'll send you your license and all the, the postings that have to be up. Like um, no one under 21 admitted. And I'm like, we're asking for the brewery license not to serve here, just to brew. Uh, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I just have to say that. <laughs> uh, he's, no, no. The thing was, he said it has to be somewhere where the general public can see. I'm like, nobody's coming in. <laughs> but oh. Well. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so sales at the door beginning uh, 1871. Monastery records show that modernization and brewery expansion continued into the 20th century. To fund construction of a new abbey in 1928, the brewery expanded both in capacity and the range of beers offered. Jackson's Great Beers of Belgium shows sepia-toned photos of West Flutteran's monks bottling beer or serving it to the public during this era. West Flutteran didn't neglect brewing during the period it licensed the use of the St. Sixtus name. When customers at the inn and drive-up complained about the quality of the beer, Brother Thomas from West Mall, <laughs> rather than an outside brewing engineer, offered advice. In 1968, the brewery replaced wooden fermentation tanks with stainless steel. In 1989, West Flutteran totally overhauled the brew house, installing a modern stainless steel showcase, replacing a mash tun, covered with wood and brewing kettles that were bricked in vessels with copper lids. I was waiting to hear that he beat that person to death with the <laughs> brewing paddle. Uh, I mean, see, I, what I'd like to imagine is there's like, there, there some resistance for some of the monks going, no, we can't possibly get rid of our old wooden brewing vessels. What would we, what would we brew in? Steel? What are we? In space? <laughs> and then someone like actually brings it in. They're like, I'll never drink this. Like, you're thirsty. Have a drink. Oh, oh! This is much better. I'm sorry. I I've been a real pain. <laughs> I think it's worth worth kind of highlighting the fact that uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but it was West Mall that helped with mm -hmm. their brewing engineering and and the advice about the quality. And so it wasn't necessarily they went outside. They still had expertise within in you know that that yeah. time period. And so it was pretty cool that <laughs> just these, comes over and goes. Oh, that there's your problem. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's exactly how it went. And so, um, this is, West Flutterin has, I think, twelve bedrooms for visiting individuals that come and and stay with them. And so, I, I think hey, they there's your problem in Latin. <laughs> great question. Um, I I think that's what they do is they hey come hang out with us for a, a six months a year and you know we'll basically um, have you working in the brewery and figuring out what we're doing wrong and then we'll all have prayer together so I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how they run it. I mean, sure. Apparently, it's Ibisus Vestri Forsti. After after they <laughs> that's beat be on the tombstone right there. after they beat the people who complain and give them one star Yelp reviews to death with the brewing paddle. <laughs> The Abbey Graveyard <laughs> grows at a larger rate than they have monks passing. Indeed. They uh look, they have a lot of bags labeled as uh, uh 
Uh, Spent malt. <laughs> Russian hop. As a Russian, uh, un- unlabeled Russian, Russian hop. hop. <laughs> a lot of unlabeled Russian hop going out into the uh, trash compactor there. Hmm. Yes. Well, uh, yeah, we unload our, our our unlabeled Russian hop at the pig farm. <laughs> a lot of a lot of spent grain going to the pig farm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so until 1999, when Brother Philip uh, created the new West Flutter and Blonde to mark the opening of the remodeled Indevrede Cafe. Um, I'm sorry. The beers could be called simply four, six, eight, and twelve, identified by the color of their caps: green, red, blue, yellow, respectively. <laughs> uh, uh. At different times, they were known as double. Is it double or double? Does it matter how you say it? I don't know. It's a great question. I'm gonna say double. It's a, um, great question. I wish we had an answer. It's, good, for it. it's, it's a good looking question. Know. Yeah. Uh, I, I I like to think that it's Dubel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that sounds, that like, sounds like it should be. Ask yeah. Ask the man in the chat who's been there. Don't know you. Where are you? Double. Love of God. Okay. Um, for right now, I'm gonna say double and just butcher this whole thing. Double, special, yeah. <laughs> extra, and abt, A-B-T, respectively. Uh, the new blonde replaced both the four and six. Duvel. And the monks Trish drink it with their lunch, because why not? Double. The, the blonde packs a hop punch worthy of being brewed within sight of hop poles. What? Um, although it doesn't get the attention of the powerful eight, 8.3% ABV, and 12, which is a 10.3% ABV. Records indicate the West Letter in 12 has evolved since being introduced in the 1930s when it actually started at 12 degrees Belgian uh, and was 12% ABV. At least that, you know, the, the number matches there. So Yeah, okay, in the hmm. chat we have... 12 degrees Belgian sounds like uh, a temperature you, you, you make chocolate at. So we have uh, <laughs> some clarification lightly. Uh, so the double, uh, uh, Del Noche says, he says it as double. Or okay. do bull sometimes, like do d o o bull. Okay, but it's you're getting a, it's a double. Yeah, I mean, just say double. Yeah, we're we're yeah we're there. It's, it's all good. The new brew house, remodeled to look like the original brewery on the outside, replaced the former malt barn. Whitewashed brick walls create a farmhouse feel on the agri agrarian end of the monastery arched windows afford a spacious view of the flat surrounding farmlands the monks no longer farm leasing the land to local farmers who must grow only crops such as winter corn and potatoes so as not to obstruct the monks view (laughs) (laughs) a whole lot of lawn uh, the rhythm of monastic life remains intact at the brewery the monks brew 70 times a year 25 to 26 weeks and two uh, to three days per week, producing about 4,050 barrels. They brew one week and bottle the next, adding yeast taken from high Krausen of an ongoing fermentation. Um, on brewing days, a secular worker drives to West Mall, so from West Vlederen, oh. two and a half hours, to West Mall to pick up yeast for a primary fermentation. We don't know when West Vlederen quit using its own strain, which might live in, on in an altered condition at St. Bernardus, oh. uh, where St. Sixtus actually contract brewed for a little while. Yeah. Um, since the brewing connection to West Mall and St. Thomas go back to the 1960s. So if you want some of the old school West Vlederen, it's going to be St. Bernardus? 
What they say is if you can't find West, uh, West Vladerin, go get the St. Bernardus 12, mm. and you're going to find something that's very similar. Gotcha. It's going to so get you into the ballpark. If you're like us yeah. and you can't find that uh, beautiful West Lutteran 12 in your market, like some people can, uh, just go get, okay, the St. Bernardus 12. Gotcha. Um, others report that West Lutteran may have once used yeast from Rodenbach. Mm-hmm. Um, brother Joris took over the job of running the brewery from brother Philip in the mid 2004, um, uh, from 1995 to 99, brother Joris operated the fermentation room and did the laboratory work and then focused on liturgical matters. Uh, he still operates the monastery library and also deals with accounting matters. Brother, uh, Jor, uh, Jose supervises the brew house operations and another monk now does the lab work. We check each step. Uh, Brother Joris said, uh, we do the controls. If there's a problem, then we take it to Westmall. <laughs> our, monks run the, <laughs> our monks run the sales at the gate, and another aids them. One, sorry, one monk runs the sales at the gate, and another aids them. I'm, Three... I'm just picturing uh, uh, when there's like monks doing lab work, it's just like a bunch of monks on top of their robes wearing a lab coat and a clipboard. <laughs> just like... <'Cause... laughs> That's what you do. Uh, three laymen work in the brewery and do other jobs at the monastery when they aren't brewing. Bottling occupies seven monks and three lay workers. The water of the surrounding area is harder than other Trappist breweries, in particular high in bicarbonate, chloride, and sulfate. It is treated, Brother Joris said. That is part of the brewery's secret. The brewery, <laughs> we take care of it. Uh, the brewery uses only two malts, Dingaman's Pale Malt and Pilsner Malt in all its beers. So think of the dark beers out there. There is no dark malt in those beers. Um, it is Pale Malt and Pilsner Malt. Oh my so God. Pale Malt and Paler Malt. <laughs> <laughs> The proportion of the two remains the same in all three beers, with plain sugar added to each. West Vladeran uses three hops with extracts at the start of the boil for bittering, so they're using ec- like hop extracts. Like it's not a um, they're using something that is more of a modern product, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, and then they use pellets for flavor at the end of brewing. Brother Jose says that only uh, so says only that the boil lasts at least sixty minutes to isomerize the hop alpha acids. Doesn't say anything else other than that when asked about it. Uh, <laughs> what about the, the no? But no, <laughs> you'll get nothing else. Uh, the monks will not reveal how the dark beers obtain their color, uh, as well as intriguing flavors traditionally pr- produced by darker malts or dark sugars. However, some reports use uh, report the use of caramelized sugar. A long boil will also add color. West Vladeran is the last Trappist brewery to still ferment in open vessels, though, with Ooh. two 68 hectoliter squares and four of 34 hectoliters. So, um... I don't know the exact conversion, but it, you're you're looking at that's close to a hectoliter being close to like 30 gallons each or something like that. A little bit less, maybe. Um, after the boil ends and the wart chills, one monk waits in the fermentation room with a hose. When he hears a horn blow, he points the hose into a fermenter and waits for the beer to arrive. <laughs> that's, that's well, I mean, at least right he's there. pointing it. My right. my first thought when he said with a hose is that he's there at one end, just kind of like puffing on it until it the vacuum. I, yeah, I imagine the suction starts. And like, all right, isn't there a lottery and they do it like uh, 
the old Weird Al movie UHF. Little Timmy gets to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> yeah. In a typical week. We thought that bright tank was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it straight, straight from the hose. Uh, in a typical week, the months brew blonde on Monday and Tuesday. And by Friday, it can be moved to the law green tanks, where it will remain at 50 degrees Fahrenheit for four weeks. The dark beers spend four to six days in primary before lagering. Because West Vleteran neither filters nor centrifuges, yeast, hops, and proteins must settle out naturally. The length depends on the speed of becoming clear, said Brother Joris. They're the the eight going clear. Uh, the eight usually takes at least a month, and the twelve might take two months to ten weeks when you get a difficult one. <laughs> it's like what? Uh, just like the difficult one just makes you think of like he's just staring at the bottle just going like you task me. <laughs> Why do you task me so? As of ninety five or sorry, two thousand five, the brew house at West Vleteran was modern, but the bottling line was not. As at other breweries, West Vleteran sells spent grain to local farmers. Some of the yeast is left in horizontal lagering tanks, uh, and but then fed to the livestock. And then some sent to the nearby French Abbey de Beval. So not Deval, but Beval or sorry, Belval, uh, where monks actually use that yeast to wash their cheese. Yeah. Um, very monastic, Brother Johnson Joris said of the recycling process. Process. Woo. This triple's getting to me. Um, in Devrade, uh sells the cheese, although they use the bottling line installed in 1979, only 35 to 36 days a year. It didn't look like it could survive many more years. <laughs> Brother Joris said at the time. I'm always relieved when the beer's in the bottle. <laughs> you know, small victories. <laughs> Since 2013, though, a new bottling plant was put into operation. The brewery has implemented double batching in their brew days, so they're doing uh, two batches a day. Step it up, monks. I did four today. <laughs> um, <laughs> the lagering cellar and fermentation chamber were modernized and automated, and a new secondary fermentation unit with storage space was built. The monks also invested in a new larger water treatment plant, and the abbey also partly supplies its own energy thanks to a large solar panel installation on the roof of the water treatment plant. Good on you, monks. Yeah. yeah. Green The production amounts to approximately 6,000 hectoliters annually spread over 42 brewing days. Uh, and this is, really hasn't changed. To be said in chat, it was pointed out, one hectoliter is 26 point almost 5 U.S. gallons. Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the the 6,000 hectoliters <laughs> annually hasn't really changed in the last 20 years. So the breweries invested a lot in improvements, but not to increase their capacity. It's just been to better their conditions and, and increase the, the quality of the beer. Um, this is a continuous effort to have quality improvement and still respect the tradition and the environment. I think that's that's pretty cool to be said. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, because they're not in this for money. There's only so like nope. that's as they've seen, right. like they could. Basically, they could make as much as they wanted, and people are just going to gobble it up. And yeah. when we get into yep. it, yeah, that's this. I don't know. This whole year is just changing the way I feel about all kinds of beer. <laughs> I mean, so, it's, <laughs> doesn't that happen every year yeah. as we 
has the beer changed or have I? <laughs> depending so, on depending on what the new trend is, maybe both. Yeah. Um I, I guess we move on into the next section now. Yes. Sure. Drink with me, friend. Uh normally we all have something different, but for a change. A tasting. I don't know. I'm kind of splitting the same. Splitting the rail here, and it's just like, wow, I'm drinking like one of the oldest styles with the actual like hot new thing. Well, I don't know how hot, but like one of the newest things. Mm. I don't know. Well, who, let, who wants to talk about the first, the first one? So I've got the triple in my glass. What's everybody I, else got? Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I'm, I'm on back. to the triple now. I destroyed. So <laughs> I finished. I just, I've been like working through. We started with delirium. So a Belgian beer, not quite uh, yeah. exactly the style, but close. And then we started working our way. Then in. we the double and the triple. So, yeah, we 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 finished it a while ago because we're having to split it. So like obviously we're not mm. we're not in the yeah. same pace. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not even twelve ounce bottles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, so West Mall triple um, starting out life as a very high gravity ten eighty one um, nineteen point six degrees Plato. Ends up a 9.6% alcohol, though, uh, 88% uh, degrees of attenuation. So what that means, if you're reading into this a little bit, is attenuation is how much of that sugar has been uh, – that start. it started with how much it took out and turned into alcohol. So if you put in 100 grams of sugar, it really feels like the, um, the 88% of that has been turned into alcohol. I'm, I'm fine with this. Yeah, and so what that ends up meaning is you've got a very dry beer. It's not a sweet beer, and so it's very dry. Um, IBUs, almost 40 IBUs in the triple. And I got more when I got to the bottom of the bottle. Uh, I was going to say, I noticed more the more I go into the beer. Yeah. Yeah. But um, just Pilsner malt. Is is what they've got in this. Um, sugar is the really, adjunct from that color. You don't say. <laughs> uh, they there is sugar, but I mean that's it's more than fifteen percent of what's in this beer is sugar. So mm. uh, that's a pretty good chunk. Um, the hops probably are changing. Uh, you could be Tetanang, Saws, Steering Golding, sometimes others that are in there. It's using the West Mall yeast, uh, which is the same yeast that they're going to be using in West Veteran. Um, you're going to pitch it at 64 Fahrenheit, which is very low, actually, uh, when you're talking about L's, um, and then let it go up to 68. So it's still a very restrained fermentation. Say, you're not letting it go super high like some some fermentations are allowed. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I've seen some fermentation goes a little higher than that, or at least. Yeah. I feel like when, when I brewed with you the one time I I, I did it, it was, it was you know, higher than this. Yeah, I pitch at 67. And I'll get it up, let it um, balance itself out at 68 for a little bit, and then I take off any restriction on temperature whatsoever and let it free rise on its own until it finishes out. Like the first third is at 67, the second third is at um, 68, and then the last can go wherever it wants to go. Come um, on and take a free rise, free rise. All right. And then they logger it. Which is really cool. It's an ale, <laughs> but they lager. Um, you know, whatever. Yeah. Why not? For forty-six degrees at four weeks, and um, they basically take this beer and and let it let it do its thing. 
Oh, yeah. So, uh, triple's really nice. I love it's, it. It's real good. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, Very easy. To I'm trying to savor it a little bit. Uh, I, I was wondering as I was drinking it, should I have started with the double like I did, or should I have done the triple first yeah. and gone to the double? Because the, the double had a very, very different. pronounced flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the triple does too, but it's it's more lighter and it's not as It's lighter, like, it's hoppier. And, and very different um, coloring. The, I mean, they just look very completely just not related. <laughs> it, uh, we went into this going, yeah. oh, you want to do the double before the triple? Yeah. Well, no. Two comes before three is what our, I think our logic was. Right. <laughs> and it was like, that's what, that's what my brain that's, said. That's not what you should do, it turns out, um, hmm. <laughs> I think. The, the, it, it's a very simple beer when it comes to what's in it. Mm-hmm. But, but it shows exactly what yeast can do to a beer. Yes. So it's a, when you're yeah, working with say, pilsners, like, the, and like if you're working with a pilsner malt, that's not going to hide anything. Like any imperfection no. is going to be glaring <laughs> and in your face. So the your, fact your that your yeast game better be strong, yeah, boy. And their yeast game is spot on. Everything <laughs> yeah, well <done. laughs> that with that triple is spot on. Like that is fantastic. Um, the double, it is actually very similar. So it's going to have Pilsner malt. Mm-hmm. Instead of going up to 1081, it goes up to 1063 and then comes down with 7.3 percent alcohol by volume still very high attenuation at 87 percent ibus backed off a little bit so about a two-thirds of the hops um, bitterness that you're going to find in that triple you're going to find with 24 ibus in the double um here's the thing i was gonna say neither of these taste very hoppy now that might be just part of like i've been I've gotten so used to, to IPA land, but you're desensitized like, because you've had like the, the, but it's emperor. Yeah. It's, it's, I was going to say it's, it's nice and, and balanced with everything with it though. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a, a very, They're very easy when, to drink. when you've got a four pack of Waldo's special ale <laughs> sitting over there waiting yeah. for the 20th. <laughs> yeah. The, I think the cool thing with the double, um, is that it's still based off that Pilsner malt, but they very likely, um, if you're making it at home, they say try to add some caramel malt and dark malt for aroma. The West Malt, I think they actually had those other malts, but when you went to West Veteran, they're not using those malts for color and aroma. It is literally just caramel sugar, caramelized sugar <laughs> which, that they're adding. Which in comes there. to so in the chat, Del Noche uh, saying the double quite a bit sweeter. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like they're literally dumping candied sugar into it. So yeah, it is much sweeter. Oh, no. It's so much darker. It it was just it was good. Both are a complete ride for different reasons. Yeah, and that's. Our overall thing through all this series of revisiting all these Trappist beers have been like, holy crap, they're, like, they are all amazing. Mm. We've I, spent it, so long, you know, in in stroking our own American egos. but Yeah, all these you know, like hot bombs and yeah. just sugar pastry bomb stouts. And you just go back yes. to something like this and it's just so refreshing. It, and it's, it, I, go ahead, sorry. 
No, 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 please. I was going to say, it's, it's weird because if you look at ABV, then it made sense to start with the double first. You know, you'd start with a lower <laughs> amount versus, and go, you know, higher. But and but if you look at, like, I think because of the, um, the, the I don't know, I want to say richness, but that's not really, it's just that it's sweeter. But it, obviously a very different taste. <laughs> like, a, it's richer than just a straight Pilsner malt, you know. The, the, the triple was lighter, lighter in color and lighter in taste, like... So it's it's so uh-huh. tricky to to figure out like which is really the best to start with, you know. They both have very much different um, different reasons to start first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but both were very good. I'm just gonna put like, I those yeah. were yeah. so both were so easy to drink. I think I may have preferred yeah. the double, but um, yeah, like they were both just so good. So my double was bottled on May 20th, um, 2020. And my triple was bottled on May 18th, 2020. So. Oh, that ours is old. What? <laughs> my, my double was bottled on November 14th, 2019. That's what ours is. Okay. You're still date. within the. Yeah, our our triple uh, was bottled on June fifteenth, twenty twenty. Two thousand twenty. Yep. Yeah. So so is mine. So, so we got okay. ours in the same same batch. Same batch. Um, so you're still within the window. I think yeah. you would be good until twenty twenty one, June twenty twenty one. It's just a sudden look. I look at that and I go, oh, that's that's elder. Yeah. We're used to having but, to pay attention to like, oh, this isn't <clears throat> fresh anymore. That's out of the ninety day window. <laughs> And that's that's the, kind of the point that I was I was I think edging towards is we're used to these hoppy beers that if you don't drink them quick yeah you're you're not getting the full effect of it yeah. whereas a, a year almost a year for me and almost two years for you guys on you're definitely still getting a beer that tastes fresh yeah yeah the the yeast in the bottle that that absorbing all the the leftover oxygen that's in there it, it creating a high pressure environment so it doesn't get a whole lot of oxygen ingress um the fact of the style of beer it is it doesn't have a ton of weird hops in it that they go away I, I, all that helps and and these beers do really well when aged um we're going to get to like an orval probably at some point which it does even better than these because they've got some uh brett in there supposedly so you know, having these beers a couple of years out—that's not a big deal. Yeah, it's just like I just thought it was funny. I looked at that because you were saying like how how soon yours was. I was like, oh, I was like, oh wow, this has got a whole year on Casey. Mm. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and that's okay. Like you can yeah. age it and let it go. Yeah, the um, Orvals people love to do a, like a whole line of those, like do a whole flight back to back just to check out. Sorry, the I'm picturing doing lines of you're picturing doing lines of Orval, where you're just like rolling up your. Rolling up your 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 dollar bills and one day. So um, I was watching something on YouTube and they were talking. It was like I don't know extreme uh, restaurants with like horrid themes, but there was one called uh, Pablo Escaburger, and they did line oh. they did lines of garlic salt on the top of the burger to look <laughs> like lines of cocaine. 
I would die. And they instead of like the big skewer through the top of the burger, the skewer was actually made as, out of a fake one hundred dollar bill that's rolled amazing. up. I mean that that's br- they are on their brand. <laughs> Pablo, that, that is yeah. what you Pablo Escaburger, and I was just like, no, that's it's genius. The whole thing. Yeah. No. Good. Good on them. <laughs> but uh, we had to. So I was like, we're drinking one of the oldest styles. And I was just grabbing for something. I was like, I don't know. We're going to be drinking a lot, so I want something lighter. And uh, thanks to uh, Smoke from our group online, if you want to get in the there. show slash patron. Yes. Uh, he traded for us and got some, this is lulls? It's, uh... I was, okay, first of all, I was like, I, I suddenly looked over and my glass had what appeared to be an orange sherbet based uh, punch. <laughs> so this is a smoothie seltzer. When I was saying like the newest thing, like this is I one. I hate of, to say it, but it was delicious. Well, you guys. have these craft breweries who started making seltzers and everything, and then you had like the fruited beers to the extreme have gone kind of off the rails and jumped the shark, and now you've had the two come together into the smoothie seltzer. I can hold up what's left of my glass, and it's basically Jesus. It was good. It's basically sparkling V eight. No, it's gonna say it's like a it, sparkling puree. It That's like, what it is. So because they're, it's a seltzer, and they're lower ABV. Yeah. And well, five percent ABV, and that's standard. As, as I've stated, these are basically Urban Artifact Light, because so, in Cincinnati yeah. we're used to like some serious yeah. fruit beer. So that you know, remember that ice cream we had at Mom and Dad's, that uh, pineapple orange ice cream. Sure. That's what it tasted like to me. <laughs> if it was a pineapple orange sherbet and somebody like made a spiked punch version with it, <laughs> that's what this was. And I was like, this is fine. This is delicious. But uh, <laughs> after having that, chasing uh, the West Mall, I'm like, I want the I want more of the West Mall. Well, give me, yeah. give me more of that triple. <laughs> it, I, I, it's, it was sad, honestly, in this episode that they didn't come in bigger bottles. So. I mean, you can get bombers. <laughs> well, we should have. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany's just mad she didn't get one. I mean, for herself. Now, I mean. And if you liked content like this, guess what? Our next episode is going to be following uh, very much in these footsteps as we take a look at Flanders Red and Eau de Brun. Which I'm the Eau one writing Brune. that one, and uh, let me tell you, it's. Mm. Not as complex as you'd think or hope it would be, for that matter. But we're getting a, <laughs> we're getting a lot of old world, and we've still got a part three. We have a part three and a part four. There's still two more parts to the Trappist series this year. Let me take a peek here, Brittany. <laughs> if one of my books might have it, you may want to grab it. That's fine, yeah. Um, this, this week's episode, I wrote... This Using this episode brought to you by Casey Price and drinkers like you. <laughs> heavily sourced from Brew Like a Monk by Stan Hieronymus. I don't think that uh, that book's a signed version, but uh, we gave away a signed the... version at to, Nerdtacular. To, to Kent. <laughs> uh, I feel like I have a copy of that sitting around somewhere because I feel like we picked that up 
It's an excellent read. Um, yeah. Let me let me put this out there. If you wanted it because it is a home brewing guide, don't buy it. It's no. not. It, it's it's sold by Brewers Publications, who um, I think it is at least. Yeah, Brewers Publications published it. Um, who really does a lot of like home brewing books and recipe books. That's not why you buy this book. Um, it is very much a book about the history and and love of Belgian beer. Um, mm-hmm. It is a very good read, though. Um, you know, if you read it cover to cover, you could probably get through it in about six, eight hours or something like that. Um, classic styles, page nine. <laughs> Let me see. Goose, Geese. East Flanders Brown Ale. Ah, there you go. That's the biggest thing so, I've learned so far. Oud Bruin is just Flanders Brown. It's brown and red. That's what the whole episode is. <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, Wild Brews, Beer Beyond the Influence of Brewer's Yeast uh, by Jeff Sparrow. Um, right. If you want to pick that up, and I th- that... Sh- I think that's on our, our... So on our Twitch channel, on the little Amazon box of like <laughs> links to stuff, I think that book is uh-huh. on there. Um, it would likely have uh, a lot of the information for that if you want to pick up from there. It would behoove you. Ooh. Yes. Dark Cara Munich and Cara VM malts are in the red brown beer. Mm. I got some of those. <laughs> of course so I, I guess that's just a tease into the next episode. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that that just about does us for <clears throat> for this particular episode. You're going to wrap this up and go do some uh, post-show discussion. Well, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. And don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website uh, or smoke signals, carrier pigeons, shouting loudly into the abyss. We're everywhere. Yeah. We'll hear it. The void, even? <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing comes back from the void. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Yes, and you can check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode, as we teased a little bit. And remember to check out uh, ways to support the show. Patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, but also haveadrinkstore.com if you want to check out some merch. Uh, nice, comfy shirts yes. like what I've got on today. Indeed. Mm. Or, or phone cases, stickers, pillows, whatever. And uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Gates Price. We shall see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>